Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Artists Loving Artists, and this is episode 26. And I'm joined again by my friend, Adi. Hey. Hey, Adi. Long time no see. We had too much fun last week, so we decided <laughs> to do it again. Yeah, I'm so stoked about this. Um, so this episode is going to be a battle. Uh, what's the word? Battle of the fittest? Is that the term? I think it's, well, it's, we're not going to do battle of the sexes because that. Oh, uh, that's right. Because that just seems insensitive. Totally. So, yeah. We're in a, we're in a new era. Yeah. 2020. Come on. Yeah. Let's get, yeah. let's get it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to be doing Rustin Kelly and Casey Musgraves, which is really cool. I'm excited about it. So I have a surprise for you. I've, I've kept my camera specifically like tilted this way because uh-huh. I'm, I'm wearing my. Oh, sick. I'm wearing a Rustin Kelly hoodie. Nice. And then hang on underneath. I'm wearing like Casey Musgraves. Oh my shirt. <laughs> That's so. I got to start doing video, uh, video podcasts like Joe Rogan, so people can see. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've always yes. thought of you as the next Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I see that for myself totally. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're yes. a cage fighting commentator too. Oh yeah, in every yeah. way, in every uh-huh. way. Okay, so you're wearing a dirt emo, and then what is the album that that Casey? Oh, that's from from uh, Golden Hour. She put those out, right? Yeah, that was from the Golden Hour tour. I saw her when she played here in Chicago. Oh, you did? That's awesome. Yeah. She played. I mean, she played at us at like at the Chicago Theater, which, given how famous she already was at the time, mm-hmm. was insanely intimate because it only holds like four thousand, no, maybe like thirty three hundred people or something. Yeah, but that record was already massive. Like she could have played it at the United Center or like. Aragon Ballroom that holds like 10,000 people you know what I mean and she chose to play the small theater that's really interesting I think she like with that album she was like on the precipice of something that kind of I don't think she realized you know Mm -hmm. the extent of how many people it reached and yeah I noticed she was playing big clubs uh big venues small clubs like everywhere in between even when she played ACL I was like I think I thought she was going to be like on a bigger stage, if I remember correctly. Sure. Yeah, um, it's it's weird because I mean I think it was before the Grammys and she won, you know, Album of the Year, or whatever that's it was. Right. But but still, I mean her I mean her star was rising pretty fast. So the I, I, it was just surprising to me, but it was a good surprise because we got awesome seats to see her. And then that's know, incredible. That's probably and how time. how was it? Fantastic. I mean yeah. her band is so good. I mean it's just like the tightest tightest mm-hmm. band like you can imagine i mean obviously they're all probably like nashville studio musicians and whatnot yeah um, so uh i've seen i've seen her live i've seen rustin live too um at a at another club here in chicago called talia hall which used mm-hmm. to be the old opera house um oh nice on the south side of town and it got converted into a rock venue now. Um, beautiful. And it's it's a beautiful like semicircular um, stage. And then there's a there's an upper balcony area where like a seated upper balcony with um, opera boxes. And then also Ooh. like a like a regular, um, just you know hardwood floor. Um, standing Is it kind of like the plaza in El Paso? No. Is that, it, no. Is that the plaza that has the? Is there some place that has like balconies like that? If I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Well, a- Abraham Chavez has the balconies. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. That's one. And the, the the plaza does as well, but this is much smaller. This only holds about nine hundred people, and like there's like oh, a standing cool. room only, and then the balcony is the only part that has seats. But either oh, way, nice. so I saw him play there, and he was he was also great. Uh, very obviously different show, not as um, you know glamorous, <laughs> let's see, as the uh, Musgrave show, but not uh, as sparkly. <laughs> not, not, a little bit less sparkles. Yeah. yeah. But there was <laughs> well, that's awesome. Good. 
Yeah, I love that. So what what kind of draws you to him? What is it about him that you really love? Uh, well, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. I think there's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool that, you know, he is a, uh, he's a, you know, all country kind of singer songwriter, but obviously his roots are definitely from, um, but to say, well, the thing that I like is I, I feel very like, um, I feel very similar to him in taste. Like he likes, uh, if, when I'm seeing what his influences are, uh, it's the same kind of things that I listened to when I was growing up. I think I'm about the same age as him. I think mm-hmm. we're around 33, 34, something, something like that. Um, and uh, the fact that he kind of has a similar taste and writes this kind of music and seems to kind of marry the two mm-hmm. um, lyrically and then stylistically, I thought was always something I was interested in. And, um, you know, the other thing that I thought that was interesting about him too is sort of how prolific he's been in the short amount of time he's been putting out records um he's put out three lps and i think two eps in just the last few years so yeah yeah that's cool um he's part of like this group of of um you know modern country singer songwriters or alt country i guess um like Marin morris's husband there's like a whole group of them but he seems to stand out a little more and i think it it is even more so after his divorce. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I feel like it's a little more, he's a little more unique and I don't know if that played into it at all, but um, uh, yeah, he definitely stands well on his own. I think it's interesting. Would you, yeah. would you say that he influences your, your writing? Well, so I don't know because I felt like, I, the other thing that was interesting to me was I, I didn't know who he was until a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. until he was already making making records and what was interesting was when I was making my own um, heat stroke EP and starting to write my own uh, songs I started thinking about um, kind of what style I wanted to have and uh, I didn't know if I, or how I wanted my voice to sort of sound and strangely enough then I kind of stumbled across his music and I was like this is kind of the thing that I was thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, it's a very, it's a very niche kind of music. I think it's, it feels familiar in that, like you said, it's a singer songwriter, but there's a lot of new elements that he's introducing into it, both I think through a lyrical content perspective, through just um, honestly, the way that he sort of packages things and the way that he uh, presents the material, both um, yeah. through the records themselves, like the artwork uh, through, I don't know, just basically. It, I, like I, how I, he I markets said, it? Kind of how he markets it a little yeah. bit. There was sort of a kinship. I said, yeah, this is kind of what I was having in mind when I was thinking about it. And he's obviously doing it on a much, uh, you know, uh, much greater scale. Uh, so that's <laughs> why that's why I kind of was like, oh, I want to follow this and, yeah. um, and kind of pay attention to it. That's sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I feel uh, kind of similar to uh, uh, about Casey Musgrave. She's you know, like a very simple songwriter, but mm-hmm. the band she has behind it can really just amplify what she's doing. And right. that's always been like the goal with with my writing, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's kind of similar. So it's interesting that we're both doing these as songwriters, <laughs> talking about them. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. what I was going to talk about when we talked about the first, at least the song, I sort of had a note written down specifically speaking to the virtuoso aspect of it or, or lack thereof. And uh uh-huh sort of how that how that affects um how that affects I think both the moods of the songs and also just generally how they are as songwriters I think mm-hmm. both of them uh the th- what what I think is very 
familiar and something that I sort of gravitate towards is that you're not going to hear, I think, either maybe more so in Casey Musgraves, you might hear more of that virtuosity kind of guitar playing and instrumentation. Right. There's an almost complete lack of that uh, in Rust and Kelly's uh, records. I was listening to pretty much his entire, you know, catalog coming into uh, into this conversation. And I mean, the, the, the lack of, there's almost like no solos on any of his songs. Like it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. He instead, I think, plays a lot with texture. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of it just dealing with volume, uh, with making instruments drop out and come back in rather than somebody just like ripping, you know, a sick solo. You know, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely unique. Um, I'm excited to hear what you picked for it. Have, did you pick from uh, two different albums or is it the same album? No, okay, I picked cool. from, I, yeah, I picked from a couple different albums because I thought, well, there's, there's stories I, I, that, that I thought were interesting about both songs. Sweet. All right, yeah. let's get into one of them. Which one did you pick? Let me see. Let's do... Radio Cloud off of uh, his newest record, Search and Destroy. Radio Cloud. Okay, cool. We're going to press pause and we will listen to it. BRB. Hang in the silence till I had something to say. Who's in the hell am I now? I'll do whatever till I figure it out. Looking straight, the pain's going to show me the way.
Okay, we're back. Okay, we just listened to a radio collab by Rustin Kelly, which was from this year. I really yeah. liked it. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah, and I, I got to correct myself. I said Seek and Destroy. It's Search and Destroy is the name of the record, and the acronym, the the initials are are S A D. Sad. So, oh, hey, come on. emo, yeah. emo, AF. emo, emo, <laughs> AF. Exactly. Do you think yeah. this song is about Casey Musgraves and her being on a radio cloud? So I, so I, yeah, so I, I, I was like doing a little bit of research about it and he, there's, there's a couple different things he said about it. I think one of them, one of the things he mentioned was that the radio cloud can mean a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Part of it is like literally just like the amount of, um, I, I, I think he referenced specifically the amount of advertising we see on a single daily basis now back a certain period of time was the amount of advertising some people would see in their entire lives. Mm. So being inundated sort of with all of this information all the time. The other aspect of it is the, just sort of the normal everyday chaos that you have literally like a static in your mind, um, like a little, you know, an actual cloud fogging your thoughts, fogging your, um, your yeah. ability to kind of have clarity. Uh-huh. And then, then the last thing that I saw was a quote that he wrote where he said, I'm a huge beat literature fan. There is this school of stream of conscious writing to write from the subconscious to reveal the truth to yourself that your conscious mind never could. Radio Cloud is one of those songs for sure. My way to understand mm. it is to just let the wheel kind of turn. That song in hindsight showed me uh, really simple what it is. Modus, Moses Exodus, you have to leave what you've known. You have to grow and to grow there's change. And you have to accept who you are, not who you wish you were. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. deep. That's really that- deep. I thought that was really fascinating. And the other aspect that I wanted to bring up about, about the song too, was uh-huh. uh, the first, the first l- lyric in there, I think is uh, call me the misfit King of the crows. And if you listen to this album um, and there's, I mean, and just a lot of his imagery, he talks a lot about crows. He uh, does. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he mentioned, he mentioned, uh, you know, to his dad, something about the feeling, the connection to to the crows, and and he posted this story on his Instagram that I thought was fascinating. Is it the one about the when he was a baby? Yes, about yeah, the nursery. Yeah, that. Yes, yeah, go ahead. Okay. That's so, so awesome. So I took screenshots of it so we could so I could yeah. Sweet. So so he said when I told T Kelly, which is his dad, several years ago about my feeling connected to crows, he goes weird. I guess I never told you about the crow the year you were born. I, and he said I was like, go on. <laughs> He said, so I was born and my dad was building one of the first houses we lived in that had this room upstairs with a bay window, which was going to be my nursery. One day he was working up there alone when a giant crow came and landed on the window and on the windowsill and started pecking at the glass really hard, hard enough to startle him. He always started work in the nursery around the same time every day at noon. The next day, noon on the dot, the bird came back to the windowsill and started pecking. It spooked him enough to mention it at work the following week. A coworker was like, damn, Tim, that sounds like some mystical shit. My grandmother would know something about that. In South Carolina, where we lived, at the time, there was an African community belonging to the Gullah tribe. His grandmother was a medicine-type woman there. The dude comes back the next day after talking to his grandmother and says, Tim, I got some bad news for you. Someone's going to die in that house. And he's like, um, okay, don't play like that. My kid was just born. Forget about it. Returns to the house the next day uh, to, to, to work on it. Everyone shows up, electric, uh, the electrician, the handyman, etc., except for the brick mason. Apparently, the night before, he came home and found his wife in bed with another man. He shot her and the other guy and then shot himself 
they survived and he did not and the crow never came back Whoa, Whoa, that is so crazy. Yeah, I was I had the same reaction when I read that. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I'm like a huge believer in like animal totems and spirit animals. So okay. he's definitely connected to that. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's I thought that was so interesting. Uh, you know, whether that story is true or not or whatever, who cares? <laughs> it's a great, great story, and I loved it. I love that. That is so awesome. Yeah, it's fascinating. So I, I knew that was a definitely I was like, we got to talk about this. Oh, totally. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah. So actually, it, this kind of go, goes hand in hand is that I know he's sober now. And I know right. that he has a strong connection to, I don't know if it's his religion, but he talks a lot about angels, mm. and how he, he seems to have like this, um, this love of them or this kind of connection with the spirituality with that. And he right. talks about like, you know, Moses in the song. So I wonder what you think about that. Do you think these kind of go in his world because he's sober now? Do you think it kind of helps him with this kind of writing? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it hurts. I mean, I think on top of everything, it's, um, it's always a good, you know, I, I think, I think the number one, um, the number one piece of advice that every songwriter that I like uh, or I look up to or I am inspired by, I say, uh, say the number one thing you that you should do if you're a songwriter is read, read, mm. read, read. Mm. Mm-hmm. Read lots of books, read anything, read everything. Um, I remember I had to read the Bible, I think, in high school. I think we had to read the New Testament. Like, this oh, is wow. In public, in public high school. Um, either the New or I can't remember if it's the New or the Old Testament. but That's intense. Yeah, I mean, whether or not you believe in that stuff, I mean, you know, he's from the South. I don't know if he, I don't know, it's really his personal life too, too much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, you're right. Obviously, it's it's a concept that comes up a lot. Again, I mean, I think the artwork for this record has um, some kind of angelic uh, figures does. on the front or yeah. um, angel of death or something. I, I can't I can't really remember. Uh, I, I did read something about it initially, but Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it influences his music. I'm sure it influences him. I don't know if necessarily if he's a spiritual person, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think those are all, you know, nice touchstones to have in your songs. I think it makes things interesting, certainly for me, because I'm not I'm not particular particularly a religious person. Right. So that could that could be something interesting for myself to just research upon, you know, if I'm like, oh, I don't get that reference, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It creates this kind of mystery around him, which is intriguing. And you can hear it in the song. So that's what kind of draws me to it. But this was a cool one. It's really, really good. I like it. And the other thing that I noticed about, you know, this, a lot of his songs too, um, is that he's, he doesn't do that many bridges. Hmm. Um, so I, I kind of have always hated bridges too. I don't like, really. I get, <laughs> I, I get like a weird writer's block anytime I'm like, I got to change this song, you know, because. Oh, interesting. Cause this, I mean, typically where the song's going to have a verse, a chorus, and then maybe another verse and the chorus, and then you got to have that part with the bridge which is always like and then also this aspect of it you know and before you come back in and that part I always get stuck on but he does this trick a lot of the times in his songs uh that that I think some bands do which is like all right what we're gonna do is we're gonna drop the whole band out and I'm just gonna sing like half of the ver- half of the chorus on my own you know oh yeah and then the band kicks back in oh yeah that's a you nice touch yeah 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 or it's like, let's all drop out and just do the, the chorus again. And we'll have like a little noodly solo on top of it and then go back into it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a trick that he does a lot. Um, you know, the, the dropping out of the band or the lowering of the volume and then just doing the chorus again and then doing another loud chorus. 
the theatrics yeah that always helps yeah, i love yeah, that, that always helps. yeah yeah because yeah. you can kind of put yourself in a box if you write verse chorus verse chorus bridge which is what i tend to do but <laughs> it's yeah, good I to know. play around with that simple stuff i get like, that right just dropping block. out that's so that. interesting yeah i know i hate bridges <laughs> <laughs> i'll write you a bridge and you write me a dropout how about that perfect Let's do <laughs> cool it. Yeah. all right anything else about this song that resonates with you um no but the the other interesting part of the um of the album that I thought was cool was that uh, when I was looking at it, so he did a significant amount of the writing of the record mm -hmm. uh, at the home of Johnny and June Carter Cash. Oh, interesting. Yeah, That's so I amazing. guess when he was going through the sobriety aspect of this of this album, uh, he's friends with John Carter Cash, mm -hmm. uh, just Johnny and June's son. And I think uh, he was relapsing and... Mm -hmm. uh, so he, John Carter Cash, invited him to his parents' cabin to just sort of get away from everything, right? And he wrote he wrote a majority of the album there. And another really fantastic song on the record called Jubilee uh -huh. was, was written at Maybell Carter's uh, dining room table. And oh my I think gosh. It, I think it was recorded there as well. So I love that. Uh, yeah, very interesting, really cool story. There's a lot of fun facts about this album in general, yeah. and uh, lots of lots of little nooks and crannies that you can look into just outside of the record itself. So it's that's super cool. I'm sure he. Uh, it, that's kind of parallel to Johnny's story, I guess. That's right. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that, that. That's a good point. You know, song. They're both sing singer songwriters, Johnny mm -hmm. and June, and Casey and him. And yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, a, an alternative universe. <laughs> what did you think of the song? I mean, was that the first time you heard it? I hadn't heard that one yet. I really yeah. liked it. It definitely sounded like, um, like I said, he's kind of forming his sound now, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I feel like his earlier stuff is like, oh, I know what he's, I can hear what he's trying to do. I feel like I've heard it before, but now it's kind yeah. of like making, taking on uh, its own form. Mm -hmm. And this was like the perfect example. Kind of like we talked about what your your guys' song, that first one we listened to last week. Oh, it's like, right. this is what he does, you know? Right. So I liked it. It was good. Yeah. yeah. And you'll see like the next record, the, 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 the next song we, we talk about for him is going to be going all the way back to his first like EP. Oh, sweet. That'll be good. So take a step uh, back in time. Yeah, that'll, that's awesome. Perfect. Um, okay. You want to listen to a Casey song? Let's do it. Okay, I don't know which one, so I'll look at the list and we'll, okay. we'll be right back. If you save yourself from marriage, you're a bore. If you don't save yourself from marriage, you're a horrible person. If you won't have a drink, then you're a prude. But they'll call you a drunk as soon as you down the first one. If you can't lose the weight, then you're just fat. Too much, then you're on crack. Damn, damn. 
All right. just listened to Follow Your Arrow by Casey Musgraves, no longer Casey Musgraves Kelly. Um, or was she ever? I don't know. I have no <laughs> um, okay, I, I do like the song. I, I think Golden Hour is like a little more mature, I would say, mm. but I don't dislike any of her albums. I think she's a great songwriter. And yeah. I know she got started um, on, I think it was Nashville Star or something. It's kind of like an American Idol or The Voice. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and then she got into, I, I think she had been songwriting for people, but the point is, yeah. I respect that she does clearly write her own songs, and right. if she has co-writers, it's not very, um, I don't think it's talked about. I don't think she does, I guess, is the point. Right. Um, so I just, I I think that's what draws me to her, too, because um, a lot of these kind of artists can kind of piggyback off what their co-writers right. wrote, so yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like that about her. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think her, you know, I, so the reason why I remember this song in particular was um, when she played it at the show I saw her at, I mean, people went ballistic. I mean, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. You know, she has obviously a large, diverse fan base. I mean, the lyrics, I think of this, I mean, this was the song that was put out in 2013 was when this record came out. I think it was still kind of controversial when she released it. Yeah. I mean, or at least it wasn't like as, I mean, obviously maybe not as much in the, in the, um, in the cultural conversation, maybe as much as it is today. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the cool part about it is, is that it's, it's cheeky. Um, it's more like, uh, like a form of like homespun wisdom rather than yeah. something like, than like a big political stance, you know, um, you know, it's like, if, if you don't save yourself for marriage, you're a horrible <laughs> person. Yeah. I mean, it's hilarious, you know, yeah, it's, that's just, awesome. it's just great, great lyrics. And it's just a fun, it's, it's fun to laugh a little bit when you're at a show, you know what I mean? Like when you're listening yeah. to, to a songwriter. And I mean, it, it also reminded me a lot of a John Prine song or something, you know, because yeah. I mean, I, I saw him play also and I, I laughed at almost every other, every couple songs, you know, mm-hmm. because this, the lyrics were just clever and funny. And it's something I really envy because oh, I just, yeah. I don't have that, um, natural affinity uh, to 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 make something kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek that way and you know but clearly it works for for her you know as particularly in this situation where it's like you you, you see where her where her uh, intentions are what her kind of viewpoint is but she's not cramming it down your throat exactly um, and it's just making like a really fun light-hearted um song but with like a leaning saying like hey you know be open-minded and do whatever you want and take care of yourself and have fun yeah and especially in the realm of like country music where it can be a little more conservative it's nice to hear something like this that can be played on words and kind of cutesy and just a good song in general so I like this one it's awesome I, I love it I love it it's one I mean whenever I think about you know listening to to her uh this this song kind of comes to the comes to the you know forefront of my, my mind is because it's a fun one to listen to yeah and I think it's important that it is her that's I mean I don't think you know I guess the Dixie Chicks are kind of close to kind of making these songs that are can be viewed as quote cheesy but because they're singing it it comes off in a really authentic um right. way so mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people can do that so she has that gift for sure yeah, and it's kind of interesting too. When I'm so like the when, when you're bringing up like the Dixie Chicks as well, it's like it kind of makes me think about the fact that 
it seems like these female um, singer songwriters and country songwriters are actually the ones that are making sort of these overt political statements um, mm-hmm. and kind of uh, uh, kind of putting themselves on a limb a little bit more. Um, yeah. Uh, I do remember it was Loretta Lynn that wrote the Pill. I don't know mm-hmm. if you f- are familiar with that song, but I mean yeah. that that got her, you know, banned uh, for a long, you know, for a long time because it was such a controversial, <laughs> obviously, is when it came out. Um, uh, you know, and then the Dixie Chicks, obviously, when they when they spoke against uh, George Bush, the people had, took like what the Dixie Chicks CDs and like ran them over with their cars and stuff and burned LOL. them. And, LOL, yeah, stupid. Uh, and now we're all, you know, now 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 we all now we miss a good old George. I know. Um, yeah, uh, and then you know, so and then Dolly Parton and Casey Musgraves, just and Brandy Carlisle, it's like they're all just outspoken, strong female, you know, yeah. songwriters, and they're. Uh, I'm not saying that 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 you know men don't do it as well, but it's just when I'm when when I'm thinking about it, um, those kind of come out. Yeah, it's it's a different energy when a female talks about this stuff. Um, and again, yeah. I think especially in country music because right. it's just a very, a very specific genre. You know, even mm-hmm. compared to like pop music or something. So yeah, it's it's a good one. Yeah, and the the other thing that I thought was interesting, kind of what we were talking about with the Rustin Kelly thing, was that mm-hmm. you hear you you hear even tinges of what's going to be on golden hour and this like with the i think there's whistling in golden hour as well mm-hmm. yeah and um there's some kind of there's some kind of uh similar instrumentation that happens i think later on in her career that you can hear back in 2013 even definitely yeah you can hear um the foundation that she's laying just like rest and kelly um right. just how they grow uh throughout the years i love seeing that it's cool especially when they're good at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, again, this is not a competition. Oh it's, yeah. You know, let it both, be known. Let it be known. <laughs> everybody, we like everybody here equally. Yeah. So, uh, but I love, yeah, those, I, I, I love that song. I thought yeah. That that's really, a good pick. Good one. That's awesome. Yeah. And either way, whoever you vote for Rustin or Casey, be sure to rate five stars for either of them on iTunes under <laughs> artist loving artists. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the most okay. important takeaway. That is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's get into the next Rustin song, and we will be our Stitches on my body, closets full of bones, blood that won't stop running. Cause this wound won't ever cry, like the ringing in my ears that don't ever seem to stop. I hear voices from the basement scratching on the roof. Seeing visions of you wasted, mumbling to the moon, conjuring some darkness from the shadows in your room, where I sold my hallelujah and I laid my soul in you. Love ain't nothing more than black magic. You better want what you wish for. It might have.
for the third time we're back. <laughs> and uh, we just listened to Black Magic by Rustin Kelly. And I have quite a few notes on this, but why do you like this song, Adi? Oh, cool. Uh, uh, so, well, I like this song. This was the first song of his that I heard, I think. Oh, really? It might have been the first one that I heard. Um, I was first a little bit cynical about him. Like when I saw like uh, what he looked like kind of in his vibe, I was like, this just looks like some kind of like slick, natural yeah. hipster jackass, you know? <laughs> totally. Um, but then I listened to, I started digging into the record a little bit more. And this song is the one that really stood out to me first. I, I'm like such a complete sap for when it comes to like big, big booming choruses, big booming, like, you know, um, grand choruses. Totally. And, and he does that a lot in, in his, in his records and in a lot of his songs. And that one I think is just like, it just kind of hits you right over the head. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another reason why I picked it is where this is, we're recording this right after Halloween and the yes. whole, the album is called Halloween. The song uh -huh. talks about Halloween, um, you know, and has like all these haunted house references. Uh, Halloween is here with me. Left, you know, uh, interesting scratching on the rooftop and all this stuff. That's um, awesome. So I just like the, I, I like the, um, I like the content. I kind of relate to it a little bit. You know, Mike Duncan in my band, the Lusitania does a lot of the similar stuff. He likes to talk about yes. haunted houses and horror movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a very interesting and kind of a cool way to write a, uh, like a breakup song, I suppose, or maybe a song about, um, you know, loving somebody, even though it might not be good for you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I drank your poison. I fell under your spell. Love is hell and nothing more than black magic. You better yeah. watch what you wish for. It might happen. Um, it's a good. Lot of, a lot of mysticism in there. Um, and another reason why I really like this this album in general, and uh, it kind of speaks a little bit to that dirt emo thing that he talks about, was the record itself was produced by Mike Mogus of Bright uh -huh. Eyes. Oh, so Mike oh, Mogus. Dan. So aside from Connor, Mike Mogus is the other guy in Bright Eyes that, well, yeah. you know, some people may or may not know. Um, but he produces all the records and uh, is a huge producer and is right an amazing instrumentalist. That's as well. so cool. Yeah, so he was the producer of this album, um, and I think this came out in 2017, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, like I said, only a few years ago. But I mean, he's been consistently putting out album after album, and all of the artists that I really kind of gravitate towards seem to have this prolific streak in them where like Rustin Kelly's one of them, you know, Ryan Adams was, was one of them. Um, haven't listened to his music in a while. Really? <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I kind of yeah. have mixed emotions about oh, him now. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot you about know? that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Sometimes I do too. Uh, but this oh. other, this, another songwriter, which maybe, I don't know if we, you know, I can do this uh, every week, uh, yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is another band called his golden messenger, which you should check out. If you yeah. I never heard fantastic songwriter from North Carolina. He puts out albums like almost every year. Oh, sweet. Um, and just for some reason, these kind of guys that, that, and gals that put out tons of music, for some reason, I gravitate towards that. Maybe it's because I'm always curious as to like, what's the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, but he's very, he's got a prolific streak. Uh, and, you know, considering, like you said, this is, this is his first record that he put out it's a bit of a blueprint for what's to come but mm -hmm. he, he definitely stays within his lane a bit um not a ton of levity with his songs a lot of the songs are you know about his drug addiction and uh mistakes he's made and how he's hurt other people and that's yeah um you know i i like i kind of tend to gravitate towards that 
side of things. Uh, I like the darkness a little bit. I like yeah. to write about that myself. Um, sad songs make me very happy, strangely, <laughs> you know, yeah. the sadder, the more, the more they, they make me feel good. Of course. Um, yeah. And this one, it was one that I went back when we were playing gigs, this was almost in our, every single set that we played, we always covered this song. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you have that recorded anywhere? Uh, just maybe like on, you know, iPhone videos or something, but no, oh, we sick. never recorded it. But uh, yeah, I loved playing this song. Uh, and so it's always kind of That's been one so that cool. if I'm like, yeah, if, if you're going to listen to Russ and Kelly's song, listen to this one. Because yeah. this will kind of give you an idea of what everything's like. Yeah, totally. That's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the it's funny that you said Ryan Adams, because this was the first thing that I thought of when I reheard this song. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I believe it is a nod to him when he says love is hell. Cause I'm mm. sure that he's completely influenced by him. I can hear that <laughs> very much. So <laughs> right. That has to be, you're right. It has to be. And I, yeah. I love doing that. I've done that with a couple of songs with Jack Johnson titled like titles of his albums and no mm-hmm. one knows it, but me. And so right. it's nice to see it in someone else that, even if it's, I, I'm sure it is, but um, I love when people do that, when they give nods to to people that they really are influenced by. I think it's something, sure. you know, like little Easter eggs and songs, but yeah. yeah, he definitely has like a Ryan Adams kind of feel overall, but it's right. his own. Um, but yeah, I love this song. It's really cool. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think maybe that's another reason why I liked him. Cause I'm, I mean, Ryan Adams was like my <laughs> biggest, I mean, I was like the biggest dorkiest fan. I think I've seen him like 12 times live or something. Oh my God. Awesome. Um, and uh, uh, so this kind of, you're right. This kind of felt like a, a different shade of, of the same, of the same mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Um, so uh, yeah, I, that might be another reason why I, I was so drawn to it. And um, because, you know, again, there's a the prolific thing, you know, Ryan Adams, pretty prolific this even though Russ and Kelly's pretty early on in his career he's looking like he's you know on the track of doing like multiple EPs multiple records in a year right um you know he did this other cool uh this other um you you, have you heard Dirt Emo volume one no I haven't you haven't listened to that yet not yet no Do, do you know what it is the one is it where he uh with he did the emo covers right yeah exactly uh Chris Caraba he did. He yeah. did. Chris, he did. I think "Screaming Infidelities" with Chris Caraba. I saw he, that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did "Teenage Dirtbag." Oh, nice. Uh, that saves the day song at your funeral. Oh. Blink One Eighty Two's "Damn It," and then he did a Taylor Swift song, "All Too Well." Oh yes, uh, I heard that one. I heard that one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Weeping, Weeping Willow. Just Weeping Willow, I can't remember. And then and then Helena by My Chemical Romance, which was like, oh cool. <laughs> oh damn, I definitely have to listen. <laughs> yeah, it's you know if you wanna yeah it's anyway so um yeah like yeah I think I think like you said it's he's got that I that Ryan Adams vibe to him and mm-hmm. uh, that was clever about the Love Is Hell thing I don't I don't think I picked up on that but that oh cool totally makes sense yeah 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 he's he's something of his own and I think it's important that. Um, like you said, he's been putting out albums consistently and it seems mm-hmm. like they're on his own accord, which I think is important for this kind of artist. Right. Um, and it's just seeming like he's just coming into himself more and more and more. So it's really cool. Like the, like Dirt Emo is a perfect example of it. Like what country singer would think of doing that and be <laughs> ha- like have a quote approval for it. Like he's just kind of doing what he wants to do. And that's that's hard to to do in a right. sense, I would say in that right. world <laughs> right absolutely absolutely yeah. oh, weeping weeping willow was a carter family song that's why I knew. oh gotcha yeah yeah, yeah i've heard sense. the taylor swift one and i saw he worked with uh chris Car- Car- 
Caraba. Caraba. Yes. Yeah. And it <laughs> yeah. was actually, it was interesting. I, so I saw like an interview where they were speaking together and, and similar to actually how Ryan Adams did the cover of Wonderwall, mm-hmm. um, where, o- where Oasis said, you know, like, this is his song now, like, this mm-hmm. is not, you know, it's well, the, the reinterpretation he made of it is now kind of his own. That's so um, amazing. Yeah. And Chris Caraba said the exact same thing about him covering uh, Screaming Infidelities. He said this, he said, this is now when I think about the song, I'm thinking about. Oh my God. Of, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. What a compliment. I would love Dan Leas for to tell me that about every song that I've covered. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> just kidding. That would, you should. Why not? Hey, maybe, maybe one day, you never know. Yeah. One day he'll be on the pod. Yeah. He's used to get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I'm psycho probably, you know. He's like oh. my Ryan Adams like, you know, seen him 20 plus times and Oh yeah. All that yeah. good stuff. You know how I am. I missed but, them when they came into town because they were they played a very small club here and I I don't Oh really? I, I couldn't but they played like a club that like literally held like 150 people or something. Oh damn. I love yeah. that. I missed yeah. it. So. I'll be back. It's okay. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Love this song. Good pick. Um good way to introduce people to him from your eyes to you. I love that. Um, Yeah. Okay, let's get on to another Casey song, and then we may have a bonus Rusty Kelly song, because he seems to be winning so far. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Okay, BRB. Only got a cup 
just listened to Lonely Weekend by Casey Musgraves. And we had our first ever dance party on Artists Loving Artists. Oh, man. We just started <laughs> partying down over here. We just started jiving. Yeah. I love this song so much. It's so good. Um, the production on it is just like... <laughs> Like that's a good so- that's that's a song. <laughs> Man, I, you know what I was thinking about as I was listening to it again. I said this sounds like something I could have heard like TRL days, like pop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it reminded me of that like early two thousands pop music that I just I loved. You know back then. Yeah. I, maybe I don't know. Maybe not so like openly uh, back then because I was trying to be cool. But now yeah. I can like freely admit like. <laughs> I, I just that's like the beat and just the production was just like amazing. It's I flawless. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and it's kind of appropriate, you know, considering the fact that we're all in quarantine, the, you know, everybody's like lonely weekend. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. I love that. She says it's all right to be alone sometimes. I, I, I totally. like her whole every every song. On the, there's not a bad song on this album. And that's very rare to find. And then to add the production value that it has is just like, this is an incredible album. The first time I heard it, I was like, holy shit, like, this is, this is an album. <laughs> are those, are those drums programmed or were they? Uh... I don't know. I was actually going to talk about, I love, I love the drums in it. I don't know if they are. Um, okay. It sounds like maybe a bit of both. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, but I loved when she says, there's a little part of me that's got the fear of missing out. And then that fail goes, do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. such a good part. Oh, I love it. Um, but just everything in it, it's not just the writing. It's like the guitar and the little parts and the melody. Mm-hmm. Like she's so good at melodies. And mm-hmm. it's just a really inspiring album. I've li- I listen to it all the time. I think what like the com- the overlap where it comes between both her and, and Rustin is like they're both vibe artists like yeah they're the 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 songs and albums are much more about the vibe rather than like the virtuosity or the you know um i don't know they're not trying Mm -hmm. to impress you too much with like what they can do yes they're just like they're gonna make you feel a certain way you know totally and um you know in 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 her case you know for the last two songs we heard i don't know there's just a joyousness that i always kind of get from these songs um Mm-hmm. I always feel it always kind of lightens me up a little bit, you know, and yeah, it's it's not a heavy album, but it's a very um what what is the word? It's just uh I guess like prolific, like you were like there's something very special about it. Um, it's yeah. not heavy, but it's certainly something, you know, well, I think it's speculative a little bit. like I think it makes you kind of sit. I mean, each song the the songs are so different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean they'll kind of make you question a little bit of how you're, it, it, they, to me, like when I'm listening to it, it makes me check in with myself a little bit. Like, do I feel oh, interesting. Right now? Like, oh, nice. I, am I, am I, go, you know, and it'll kind of almost remind me like, oh, you know, that's an emotion I haven't really thought about in, in a while. Right. That's so crazy. Imagine being able to do that to someone, yeah. you know, Yeah. what a yeah. gift. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's pretty funny. So she, I was, I was doing a little Googling while, while we were listening to it and uh-huh. She played this song on Willie Nelson's Come and Toke It 420 live stream. Oh, dressed, nice. Dressed in her green satin pajamas. She sang Lonely Weekend and Slow Burn. And she, she said, quote, on, this is, you know, early days of the pandemic, only about a month in. Hang uh-huh. in there, everybody. I mean, shit, nobody knows what to do during times like these. All you can do is your best and know that that's good enough, she said. Some days I feel really productive and I do things around the house and I have fun. And some days I'm a fucking mess and I'm a total bitch and I don't exercise. <laughs> it's all normal. Don't feel alone. I mean, I love a, that. 
right? <laughs> that's so authentic. I mean, that's what draws us to these people is like this just the sheer authenticity that um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think a lot of people have anymore, especially in the industry. And it's hard yeah. to not only write that way, but also present it in the way of like golden hour and also be that way in real life, mm-hmm. as far as I know, you know. Um right. I feel like maybe they divorced because she is kind of growing out of that area, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I don't know. But, um, yeah. you know, she might be like a little up there and like in the ethers a little bit, but sure. it's it's not not her, you know? Yeah. So, who, who knows? I mean, it's all, you know, speculation. But I mean, I think, yeah. the, I think the thing that is... Um, maybe gravitating about each of them as as musicians is the um maybe approachability of the songs mm-hmm. you know it's not they're not trying to be overtly um like they're not trying to be overly secretive of what they're of what they're talking about or what their messaging is you know yeah um, it's kind of laying all the cards out a little bit and that that's nice because that means that you can sort of relate to them in in, in a certain way and mm-hmm. you know i mean whether that's just through who they are as or who they present themselves as maybe as people and you know, social media or whatever, or interviews, Mm -hmm. or whether it's the songs themselves, it's like, there's an approachability aspect to it, where it's like, oh, I can, I can digest this, it's not something that I'm going to be, you know, doing a lot, it's not like a, um, like a Lou Reed song, or something, uh, where I'm (laughs) sitting around, I'm just trying to figure out, or Bob Dylan, figuring like, what the hell is he talking about, wait a minute, yeah, what's going on here, yeah, rewind it 50 times, like, yeah, how many, how many levels of irony, irony do I have to cut through, (laughs) Um, how many how many areas of his ego do I have to understand first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think the only other person that I can compare this kind of writing to is maybe Taylor Swift in mm-hmm. like a female aspect because they do, like you said, lay their cards out on the table mm-hmm. um, as far as a song goes, and it can be perceived as like borderline cheesy, but because it's mm-hmm. them and they know how to present it, it's like, oh, this is cool. I understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, like when she says, I keep looking at my phone, putting it back down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like any other artist, I'd be like, that's so stupid. <laughs> I know. And it's so weird. You know? I've, I've thought about that too when I'm like writing about, um, you know, the like p- people that, you know, in 2020 are like writing about like, writing letters and it's like no you send text messages now like you know what I mean like you're like dming people on instagram like what the hell are you talking about like yeah but is it like is it kind of like gross or gauche to like talk about your cell phone in a song I don't know it's like cell phone's been around for forever now like that's That's, yeah that's a good point does it does it lessen the quality of the song um not the way she does it you know and yeah I mean I've I've made a reference to a cell phone um like basically looking at my cell phone on in a song of mine I'm like yeah it's just what I do yeah I mean yeah if it if it's authentic and it sounds authentic I think that's the key of it for sure well it's better than being a liar and talking about I mailed you a letter it's like no you didn't (laughs) you've never mailed a letter in your life (laughs) you're like I have no proof of a letter in my inbox at all yeah you don't even have paper at your house (laughs) you don't even write (laughs) yeah exactly you've never written you don't even know how to read man (laughs) yeah I'll pay anybody a hundred dollars to to see them actually write cursive properly I oh my god Dude, I hardly yeah. know how to write anymore at all. I have to like force <laughs> myself to. That all yeah. sounded like an office skip, by the way, like a Dwight Michael <laughs> <laughs> conversation. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but anyway, this is great. I love I love this song. There's too many to pick from, so I just picked Lonely Weekend. And it's a um, it's a great one. It's a real, yeah. I mean, that's such a it's such an easy one to go to. And I, it's interesting. I did so the I guess part of the name of the 
of the uh, album Golden Hour was because mm-hmm. I guess she's her hometown is called Golden, Texas. Yeah, Golden, Texas. I, I wasn't I, aware of that. Yeah, I think it's like four hours from Austin, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a small oh. little town. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay um, cool. Yeah. And uh, I know that she has talked about a lot that Golden Hour was inspired by Rustin, um, like mm. their whole marriage and, you know, how they, they met each other. And it's kind of sad to see that they're not together. But I think you yeah. and I talked about last time that they, they kind of seemed a little mismatched to me. Yeah, I mean, the it's just, it doesn't make, like, if you look at them side by side, you're like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> Do you mean that from physical appearance? No, they're both beautiful people. Oh, yeah, I'm like, they're, I mean, both, they're, they're both good they're, looking. They're both absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> um, uh, uh, they just, just like, he wears, I, he just, they just, I don't know. Is, Energetically, is shallow, right? Is that shallow to say? Like, he, it's, no. like he, it's like he wears, like, Misfits t-shirts and, like, check. Oh, you're talking He's about like his style. I think she's like this big glamorous, like, you know, like Southern beauty queen almost, yeah. you know, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's, it's, I don't know. It could be incredibly narrow-minded of me, but that's. Uh, no, that's not at know. all. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I thought just energetically, I was like, oh, really? They're married? Like, oh, interesting. But uh, she got a good album out of it. So yeah, um, sure. He's, he's well on his way. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I think that's all I have about this song. Anything else you resonate with it with on it? No, I mean, the, like the thing that I said is is to me it feels like it could have been written, you know, last last whatever two years ago when it came out, and I feel like it could have been written in like the in the in the late to mid nineties. Yeah, um, you know, I I I think that they're both of a of a certain age. Where um, I mean, uh, you know, I think the nineties now is kind of nostalgia for a lot of people in their, mm-hmm. you know, teens and twenties. Like that is like how this maybe the eighties and the seventies was for us when we were growing up. Yeah. So um the fact that it kind of harkens back a little bit to like the two thousands pop uh is almost strangely, even though it's not that long ago. Yeah. It's a throwback. Or at least it doesn't feel <laughs> that long ago, but it actually kind of was. It's like fifth we're we're talking like 15 years ago now, you know. Yeah, so, totally. Totally. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you met you said something there about like I guess our age and them being of a certain age. Um I don't know. I think it's just hard to come across this kind of way as a musician in this kind of aspect at this age because you're really starting to come into like who you are. Mm. and really understanding the world and what you want your life to be so I think that's probably what's making them these helping them to create these kinds of records you know they're really Mm -hmm. understanding who they are now like they're not even together anymore like how how crazy is that you know um so it's interesting it is what do you think uh about the you know when you're talking about like the cell phone thing kind of made me think about it maybe the reason why people don't like to reference stuff like that or Mm -hmm. Or maybe if you don't want to reference like maybe like who the president is at the time or uh, who's that? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we don't know right now. We don't. <laughs> um, but what do you think about the idea of? Uh, do you consciously think about um, making sure that a song can be somewhat timeless, so that when you're referring to it, you're not, you don't have some very dated reference like Ronald Reagan? You know what I mean? <laughs> or or yeah. George Bush or something like? Is that? Is that something that, um, that kind of crosses your mind? Because it, yeah. it, it crosses mine sometimes. Yeah, actually, yeah. Now that I think about it, I try to avoid doing stuff like that, actually, mm-hmm. because I feel like the people I listen to, like Jackson Brown and stuff, they don't, well, they do talk about that stuff, though. So it's kind of hard. It's mm-hmm. just like an energy I'm trying to capture that 
if people want to listen to it down the road, they're not, they're not going to be like, wait, what? Like, what is that? You know, I right. want it to be an all around understanding of what I was, I'm trying to say. Um, is that like yeah. that for you? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth a little bit. Sometimes I think like, well, who cares? You know, yeah. if, that's, if that's the right Maybe I, I should be like that more. I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of waffle back and forth. But there, I mean, at the same time, it's like, I don't know, do both maybe. I don't yeah. know. I mean, um, but I, I do think about it sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I want to say this because what if it's not relevant or what if it's like unrelatable or, yeah, you know, or people don't get it. But... That's a fine line. Like, where does it matter? What it, what it matters? You know, does mm-hmm. it matter? Do I want it? Do I want to yeah. say this? You know. I mean, do my millions and millions of listeners, <laughs> are they going to be able to relate to me? Are Casey Musgraves and Rustin Kelly going to understand what I'm saying in this song? Yeah, because they listen to me all the time. So Yeah, exactly. They they're, my, they're my biggest fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, anyway, great albums. Okay, you want to do okay. one more Rustin song? Sure, why not? Why not? We got time. Yeah, okay, cool. we will be our B. Took too many pills again. I took too many pills again. Blacked out for a week, didn't eat, didn't sleep, came to hit it all again. She's probably gonna be pissed. She's probably gonna be pissed. Throw my shit in the yard to keep my car if I show up to her house like this. Oh. Dark December Not even angels came around And I was too stoned to remember Come too far to turn Baby, won't you take me back? Oh, 
to Faceplant by Rustin Kelly. And is is this the one that, um, I think Casey Musgraves has, has sung this with him or sung backup vocals? I think you're right. She's saying, I think on uh, the, uh, what I think most of the female vocals on here are either Casey Musgraves or his sister. His sister uh, too. She's a singer songwriter. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I think what's really, I mean, when I saw him play live, um, his band is his dad. Yeah, uh, that's his so sister awesome. himself, and then a couple, you know, collaborators, and and I think his producer or something. So, it's I I, I love that too. I think that's yeah. such a great um, great thing that they share together and look out for each other and stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I love that song. I think it's uh, kind of what we were talking about a little bit. It's uh, kind of got a lot of humor in it, even mm-hmm. though most of his songs don't. That one has a lot of humor in it. You know, I think it's like. Uh, um she threw my shit in the yard to keep my car and uh you know he says like baby won't you take me back it ain't like i'm on the corner tricking for crack baby won't you take me back just like, well i remember casey musker when he released i think this album and this song was playing mm-hmm. um she she had mentioned that it's a true story so oh, is that right? yeah at least the beginning of it like you know he would call her and stuff like that. So, (laughs) so I believe it, but yeah, I I love stories like that. And I like that he is showing his cards, like you said, in a kind of humorous Mm. way, because again, you can't always do that well. And this song really does it well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that I, so I I try to learn how to play this song. Oh, really? and it's difficult to do because the song this is getting like very deep guitar nerd territory but it's Let's it's an it. it's it's an open d tuning mm-hmm. uh which i have uh, i've never played anything outside Johnny of Johnny Resnick does that a lot. Is that right? Mhm. Okay, so i like learned how to play open d tuning just to try to learn how to cover this song. Yeah. Uh it's like the biggest cheat code to take a Genesis oh, cheat yeah. code i've ever seen and just like you can just literally, like, literally do anything on the <laughs> guitar and it sounds great it makes you sound like you know what you're up to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was one interesting aspect. I was like, oh, okay. So he, Open you know, he's, he's, he's learning how to, um, he's learning how to do it in, uh, or whatever learning, teaching me how to learn any different <laughs> tuning. Yeah. Um, but he does, uh, you know, uh, some of the things that we talked about earlier, he talks about, uh, not even the angels came around, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. good uh, throwback it was a dark December, not even the angels came around. So there's that angel thing that he talks mm-hmm. about. That he seems to be always talking about. And he actually had as like a stage prop on the show, like a massive angel. I've like seen that. It's like a statue. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm yeah, so intrigued I'm sh- by that. I'm sure that takes up absolutely no space in the trailer to have this. Like, oh, for sure. Haul <laughs> around this gigantic styrofoam angel. For Probably like- have to strap it on top of this. <laughs> yeah, right to the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, it's so I'm looking at, I was looking it up a little bit and he says that, it seems like some of my favorite songs almost have a nursery rhyme vibe to them. Maybe that comes from the fact that I really started writing songs and taking the craft of song- songwriting seriously, or at least enjoying the process uh, to of how I can make songs my own. 
So, uh, so I can kind of understand. It's, it could seem like a bit of a dark nursery rhyme in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like he does that a lot. He has this kind of sing-songy thing mm-hmm. um, that can be like a little creepy, but he does it in this one. He goes, na 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 na. It's really, right. um, it works for him. It's it's a good formula to work off of when he's trying mm-hmm. to bring that across you know that kind of creepiness (laughs) right and where the vocals are matching what the instrumentation is doing it kind Mm -hmm. of adds to it where it's not it's not necessarily doing two things at once like what is it tapping your head and rubbing your stomach oh yeah 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 let me try it yeah i can do it yeah perfect yeah uh yeah what's the other one like walking and chewing gum at the same time oh yeah Yeah. wait can i do that i haven't thought about that that one should be able to, that one should be easy. Yeah. <laughs> but so, but it's like, they're both doing the same thing. So you're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe that kind of adds to the, like you said, sing songy nursery rhyme vibe to it. Yeah. He's got um, a formula that he's definitely shaping around this album for sure. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. And I guess that this was kind of his like big breakthrough. It was, uh, yeah. You know, record. And uh, I think this was like, you know, the record about overdose, obviously, Face Plan is like clearly about, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just being like way too uh, poor guy. high and stuff. Yeah, I know. Poor God. God. Uh, God, it just makes me like, it's like, thank God I don't have that. You know, oh my I mean, God. I, I, I feel bad for anybody that does, but man, like, um, you know, you get scared too, especially when you're, when you're talking about like artists that you love, like, like for instance, you know, Justin Towns Roll died a few months mm-hmm. ago. And it yeah, was, I messaged you, but I'm like, damn. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, the, the family never disclosed what it was, but I think it was pretty evident that it was that, that he had relapsed. The first thing my uh, boyfriend said, I'm like, oh, Justin Towns Roll died. He's like heroin. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, most likely. Yeah, I mean, we we had, Lusitania had played a show with him once in. Uh, oh, you I did. We we played a show with him in El Paso, and I don't know if we played with him in Canada or if we just saw him there. I think we just oh, saw did. him there. That's awesome. But, uh, we were part of the same festival, but mm-hmm. we played with him in in El Paso, and he was like sober, quote unquote, at the time, meaning that he was just smoking like pounds of weed. The like, so it was at this uh, venue called Artivino's De- Desert Crossing. Which oh is yeah. Like a, which is like a very nice restaurant. And then they have like an event space. Mm-hmm. And that's where we did our record release show uh, for that record that we talked about last yeah. week. Yeah, episode 25. And episode 25, tune in, <laughs> subscribe, like, rate, review. Um, share, share, share. Share, 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 yeah. Uh, but so apparently like he was just like smoking a lot of weed, but that was like him being like quote unquote sober. Oh, damn. So, so when you hear about like artists that you love, I mean, like, you know, whether it's Russell Kelly or, just, you know, the late great Justin Towns Earl or Ryan Adams for that matter, I mm-hmm. mean, he's had his fair share of um, drug I'm issues. I'm sure he's not doing well now. <laughs> he's not doing well for a lot of reasons now, yeah. but that was, that was certainly one of them. But it's weird because it's like, you want to like root for these guys. I mean, Tom Petty, all, I know. You know who, who, who would have known, you know, or, or Prince for that matter. Like, yeah, man, what the hell? So like, you kind of get scared that you're like, Oh, you just want them to be okay because you're like, I just want to keep hearing the next, you know, the next record yeah. or whatever, just be all right. It's tragic. Um, yeah, you're touching on something here. We're getting into something. So the sobriety thing is so interesting because I don't know, there's people that I admire, like Johnny Resnick, Dan Leis, even Bill Burr, mm-hmm. they're all sober now. And it's mm-hmm. so interesting to know that their art is actually flourishing from my eyes because of sobriety and I think it it's kind of changed it's kind of um perspective because I used to think when I was you know when we were younger and Mm -hmm. playing shows like the only thing that mattered was if we had a bar tab you know (laughs) and like you were saying like I thank god that I didn't 
but none of our family has like an addictive personality and that it never got further than that. And even now, like my relationship with alcohol is not much anymore, but Mm -hmm. it's, I still worry, like, what if I, what if I did continue to drink? Like what, what would my life be? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just very fascinating. I think people are coming into like a new era of what art and what creativity can really be if when you're not impaired and when you're not um, having to use something to numb you, but rather feel like, I think like Rustin Kelly is a perfect example of that. Like he created an amazing record that he most likely probably wasn't sober for, but I don't, I'm not for sure. He wasn't. I, he wasn't I, I yeah. Tell, yeah, he was not sober. So the the newest record, the first song that we listened to on the Search and Destroy record, uh, this was the only record he's made completely stone cold. Completely sober. sober. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and it's just it just goes to show. It's it's so interesting to me, the the just how everything is changing. Like people are changing, and the world mm-hmm. is changing, and the ideas of like what we need to kind of numb ourselves are changing. Like, why wouldn't you want to be so connected to your art that it's right here as opposed to something clouding it, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's always those stupid arguments that people can make. It's like, well, you know, his records were better when he was high or when he was like, you know, yeah. on drugs or whatever. And fine. Fine, maybe, yeah, sure. Know, like <laughs> That one record was, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to twist, if you're going to twist my arm specifically about like, okay, like they're like Ryan Adams records when he mm-hmm. was like definitely still using, which I think are better than his string of like records that after he sobered up but i'd rather him have been sobered and make those records than him being like in crippling disease and despair and in the you know pit of their own personal hell and just dying you know or not making art it's like who cares like just you know and that's the like the art is going to change no matter what and Mm -hmm. you don't have to it's you know i don't know i think it's just like a bit of a stupid argument honestly that yeah and and i understand addiction like that's that's a whole different kind of animal but like uh, yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of like, I mean, the album was good, but at what price? Like, I, I don't know. I see both sides of it, but at the same time, I understand. Like, it's just well, it's not a, worth it. <laughs> a, I mean, it's a fun it's a fun conversation to have, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like you don't want these you don't want anybody to be in pain, you know, no matter what. So, yeah, and I think uh, I think Rustin's really seen the light. Actually, I feel like energetically, yeah. he's just kind of on the other side of it, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you just gotta root for everybody. So, mm-hmm. uh, but either way, like the fact that this was a song clearly about um, drug abuse and um, the consequences of it, and getting his car keyed and his stuff thrown out on the <laughs> you know, at least it was a funny. It's a funny story, you know. It's a story to tell. Yeah, kind of make your way out of it, and then you gotta, you gotta, you know, cute yeah. little dark nursery rhyme. <laughs> yeah. If anything, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if anything. Well, yeah. that took a turn. But (laughs) stay sober, kids. Yes, that's right. No, no. I mean, drink water. Drink water with your beer. How about that? Let's do moderation. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, Anything else about this song? No, no, that's it. I thought I thought it was a fun one to just kind of throw in there. It's it's actually a bit of a blend of the Musgraves and his, you know, the first one that we listened to. So I agree. I think it's a good ender for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This was awesome. So I believe. I mean, I think. I think Rustin kind of won this episode, honestly. <laughs> Not just because we played more of his songs. Um, right. I love Casey, but let's give him a win, you know? He might need well, it. Well, she got all the Grammys and he got this podcast. So I guess really, at the end of the day. Yeah, really? and he, he got a divorce <laughs> too, so. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, just kidding, Casey Musgrave. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
Awesome. Well, this was a great episode, Adi. This is great. So we decided cool. that you're going to be a returning guest, uh, okay, probably once a month, if we sure. if we think that works. Yeah. Or if you have an idea that you want to just start off, just let me know. We can record well, one. Good news. There's a quarantine and I'm not ever doing anything. So nice. uh, I'm always in this exact room that we're talking about uh, Sweet. pretty much all the time. So pretty much just send me a Zoom link and I'll talk to you about whatever. Okay. Love that. Love that for yeah. us, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Anything you want to leave us with, Adi? Um, you know, drink lots of water. Uh, <laughs> but also drink your beer. Yeah. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? We still don't know. We still don't know who the president is. Oh, yes. If you're listening from uh, overseas, which you're probably not, it's uh, you don't have the election. A huge, you don't have a huge listenership in <laughs> Korea? Or, not yet. Not yet. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> It'll uh, get there. Never know. Maybe. Yeah, you know, I'll tag Korea or like international podcast or something see what this podcast is going to be it's going to be huge in japan at some point yeah. huge huge yeah, yeah. huge um, <laughs> yeah no this was fun it was always good catching up with you thank you for yeah. uh, you know talking about music with me again thanks for liking the music that i like for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. you are welcome yeah. thank you thank you you need to get a sign off a sign off yeah you need to get like a little sign off at some point not right now but think about it you know how, how do you picture that what would it sound like like this was artist loving artists and go go, <laughs> go kiss fuck your yourself. No, go, fuck, go, fuck, go fuck yourself. That's Bill Burns. That's Bill Burns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah, I gotta I gotta work on that. We'll work on that as a time. as a co co thing for sure. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening and stay safe out there and have a good one. Say bye, Adi. Bye.